Welcome to episode I don't even know what we're up to, Glum Club. <laughs> I'm your host, Erica, and I am still quite unwell. Um, I'm very sorry. I've spent the last two weeks on a diet of doxycycline, Simbacort, tea, biscuits, the nanny, and Parks and Recreation. And it's been a really great two weeks, to be honest, apart from like just coughing myself to death. I I give whatever virus flu thing I had zero stars. Do not recommend. Highly recommend you spend your days out in the sunshine, having fun and just generally being happy. Though that being said, The Nanny and Parks and Recreation are both really great TV shows. So there is something to be said for being stuck indoors. Anyway, I don't really have much housekeeping, except that I wanted to touch on the fact that I watched The Secret for the first time ever. (laughs) Um, I think it came out in like 2006. I'm only slightly late to the game. But um, yeah, I always thought of it as this spiritual mumbo jumbo type deal. And it might very well be. But unfortunately, because the human brain is inherently stupid... There's actually truth to it. Yeah, so if you don't know the secret, it's basically about the law of attraction and basically what you think about. Well, it proposes the idea that what you think about becomes your reality. And that is, I mean, that is true, but it talks about sort of like the universe giving you these things. In a more scientific sense, there is something called the placebo effect and also the self-fulfilling prophecy of luck. The placebo effect is pretty self-explanatory. You give someone a sugar pill and tell them it cures anxiety, cancer, and then people will take this sugar pill, which has absolutely none of those effects, and their brains will just do that for them. It's really weird. I don't really like to think about it. Um, But yeah, there's that. And the self-fulfilling prophecy of luck is a psychological principle, which... um, I mean, it's slightly more complex. So it's twofold. It's about your perception and how you perceive things to be generally and how your perception affects your decision making. So if you're someone who views yourself as inherently unlucky, then your behavior will be very different and your decisions will be very different from someone who views themselves as being lucky. You can, as you can imagine, like positive people versus negative people live different lives. Um, And yeah, the... The secret basically proposes that you become a positive person, like you really try and feel positive and feel what you want and think about what you want and visualization and all of that stuff. And I I guess it works for some people, like some, there's some really famous people who use it, like Conor McGregor is a really famous proponent of the law of attraction. I saw this interview with him and he talked about how, I think before he even won any belts in um, the UFC, I'm pretty sure it's the UFC. Yeah. He's an MMA champion. He basically, he borrowed belts from people like borrowed like championship belts and posed in photographs with them and then took those photographs and used them as motivation and ended up winning those championships. Connor sees it as the universe sort of giving him these things. I would argue that it's him working unbelievably hard for these things, but I guess a bit of visualization definitely helped motivate him. I don't know, whatever. The point is like, it's something that's somehow captured my interest because there is a psychological element to it that is proven. I don't know about like a higher power getting into the mix, but definitely like your own brain affecting your life in ways you don't, you're not fully conscious of. That is absolutely a reality and it is terrifying. Anyway, so that's the secret <laughs> onto this week's episode. I have one of my favorite people on the entire planet. It's Elle Young. Most notably right now, she's um, the host of Headhunters on PBS. What I find really interesting about Elle is that she has this flame inside of her that's sort of perpetually burning. It seems like she's constantly motivated and at the same time she's a highly emotional person. She seems to view herself as someone who is much more emotional than hardworking. 
and practical, which is sort of how I view her. Uh, and I guess this kind of came up in our chat about the Enneagram and I even sent her some descriptions today because she's definitely, she has elements of type four, which are your typical introverted artists sitting in their bedrooms, you know, living in their own heads, feeling very deeply, trying to be different from everyone else. Those are kind of type fours and type threes are people who, you know, constantly win awards, achieve things, constantly working. And I so see Elle as a type three and yet she sees herself as a type four. So I don't know. I guess it's just funny how you can view yourself one way and people outside of you can view yourself entirely differently. And one of the things I find really interesting about Elle is that she takes this extremely holistic approach to her mental health. I think that she's not even fully conscious of the ways that she deals with her emotions. To quote her in this episode, She said that she doesn't feel like she's fully on top of her mental health, but at the same time, I feel like she doesn't have to, doesn't have to take huge measures to keep things in balance because it's about doing the everyday sort of grunt work. Just like, you know, if your car starts making a weird noise, then it's better to deal with that problem rather than try to ignore it. And I think she's someone who just deals with the problem straight away. As soon as she like feels anything come up, she kind of just deals with it naturally. And it's a really, really healthy approach. I think that she's an incredibly inspiring person in lots of different ways. She had really wonderful things to say about her approach to music and she's extremely passionate about the arts. She's really inspiring and motivating and just a really great person. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Here's Elle. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is feel okay. It feels pretty weird saying thank you for being on, considering we're like in your domain, like in a studio and stuff. Yeah. At peeps. Yeah, no, don't don't feel bad. Okay, don't apologize. <laughs> I'm here with Elle from a bunch of bands, but I guess your main thing is Cool Explosions right now. At the moment, yes. Yeah, and I feel really privileged that I got to see you guys last week. Thank you. Because like I did see you at your birthday. Yes. Yeah, like your birthday coincided with a gig and that kind of lined up well. But I feel like, I don't know, the vibe at Boney was super, super different. Yeah. Last week, like, I feel like I got the full experience. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't been playing for that long live, so it was nice. I feel like each time it gets better and better as we, like, become more comfortable with each other and comfortable with the music and playing together. For sure. Mm. Um, Have you been gigging much with Cool Explosions? We've only really had probably about five or six gigs. Yeah. Really? Okay. So not much. All right. Gearing up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so tell me a bit about your approach to music, I guess. (laughs) I know that's (laughs) like so broad. Okay. Well, I mean like you're a writer, you're a singer. Um, I mean, you play instruments as well, but I guess you're predominantly known for writing and singing. Yeah. What's your approach to writing? To writing lyrics? Yeah. Um, I know that it's for me, like I always think about the way, the way I could be better at it, which is to be doing it all the time. Yeah. Um, and just sitting down and just writing. Mm. I think we all have a natural editor within us and that's for any kind of writing that I do. So before you put something down, you're just like, "Mm." Mm. is that any good? Mm. Um, but I often, it'll just be kind of momentary sort of passing things mm-hmm. like, and it'll be a lot of thinking, yep. um, thinking, walking, traveling, thinking about things and then, and little, little sentences and little bubbles of words will pop to the top. Yeah. And then you'll be like, oh yeah, that's an interesting phrase or, you know, that word, there's something about that word that means something a lot to me right now. So I should try and explore that and Mm. then I guess you kind of just sit down with it and I guess for me rather than like I know that some people just sit down and write verses or they'll Mm. just write poetry or they'll write stories or they'll write lyrics whereas for me um, usually the melody comes before the words Mm -hmm. um, and it's always been that way Um, and usually the melody will unlock some kind of a phrase Mm -hmm. or a sentence or a word and then from there, I use the melody to inform a lot of the words, Yeah, which I think can be really difficult. Mm. It's just so that that is just the way it's always been for me. And so I'm trying to explore the other way, the other way of writing before, because I think then um, I know it would have an impact on the melody. Yeah. Um, 
and it would just, yeah, I think it would be a little bit more cohesive as a story mm. and as a sentiment. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of the emotional versus intellectual approach to writing. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I feel like we both studied music and I feel yeah. like it never came up. Like, I mean, even using the emotional approach versus the intellectual, like that was so yeah. much so much more emphasised. Yeah. Like kind of going in with a plan yeah. before you write something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think it's like it's good to try different things because you never know how that's going to affect you. Like yeah, of course. with Cool Explosions, Matt, who is um, production and um, he plays all the synthesizers and makes a lot of the beats and stuff. He is an, an amazing lyricist and he just sort of sit down, he just sits down and, and writes, 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 writes. So he kind of, he has like a whole collection of poetry and 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 lyrics and stuff that he's he could just refer back to and be like oh I was working on this like a couple of years ago and I really like it and I haven't found anything for it Mm. whereas that's like not really anything Mm. like what I do mine's just all kind of spontaneous and it is really truly guided by melody that's so interesting that he has like like stuff catalogued essentially yeah Yeah. I think you know like a lot of like rappers and stuff like that that's the way that they will work as well Mm. you know just they'll kind of have a verse already lined up yep. before they go out and they improvise or whatever or they'll just have their book with them or whatever, however, mm. writing in their phone and things like that. Mm. Whereas, yeah, for me I have lots of melodies in my phone. Yes. <laughs> with like garbled like ver- like verbs or yeah. sounds or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's from that I think that like and that's the way it works with Cool Explosions is that I will sing, I will like – sing melody ideas with vowel sounds mm-hmm. and everyone's always like, are you saying something? And I'm like, definitely not. There's like <laughs> Sometimes things will come out and it will be really good or it will work or it won't work or at least spark some kind of mm. an idea. Um, but usually, and he ended up crafting a lot of his words around my melodies. So he does that really well. Mm. So that's where, yeah, I feel lucky. Yeah. Cause I find it, I do find it hard. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, well, that doesn't work. How am I meant to fit like, some words into this little bit. I don't know, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And how do you feel about collaborating with people when writing songs as opposed to just writing them yourself? I love it. Yeah, I really love it. Um, I think like I've always the, – the way that I started was um, singing over records, other people, so beats or just old like – instrumental funk or soul Mm. tracks. Um, I did a lot of that stuff with DJs um, back in WA and I just found, yeah, I could just do it. So I think that's always the way that I I worked. Yeah. So coming up with the music and stuff all on my own is something that I find – I used to find it extremely challenging and now it's it's much easier and it's also just incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. And it seems like freedom – for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And in terms of inspiration for songs, like are you someone who kind of uses things that happen to you in your life to inspire things or are you do you take a more intellectual approach where you kind of take a concept and then work from there? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the time I, I, I used concepts or, as I said, like sometimes it wasn't my decision. You mm-hmm. know, it's just what came out from the melody. Yeah there'd be a line or a lyric or something that came up and I was like, I like that. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? You know, like and <laughs> yeah. a lot of the time it probably shouldn't have meant anything. <laughs> yes. And I should have ignored it and just thought, no, what do I want to write about, you know? Um, but a lot of the time it was almost like stories and then there would be some some things that I would take from my own experiences to put within that. Mm. Um, and I think that really only in the last couple of years and now I've been able to just go, no, this is coming straight from me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And purely emotional based yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. And how did you come to being a musician, I guess? Like you're from Perth, but you didn't study at Whopper, which is like most mm. Perth-based people I know um, studying yeah. at Whopper or studied at Whopper. Yeah. Yeah. You came no, to I Melbourne. Didn't. I did come to Melbourne. Yeah. Um I was really interested in theatre and acting when I was younger and um, so I thought that – but I also always loved music a lot. Like music was a huge escape for me and I would be 
learning songs and singing them and performing them, um, you know, when I was in like junior school and high school and sort of dabbled with like songwriting and always used to write a lot of poetry. Mm. Um, it was really bad. <laughs> it but it was a is. hit in high school because it was like all about like high school life mm. and uh, <laughs> classic was the, the high school poet. Mm. Um yeah, like pop culture poet. Mm, okay, all right. <laughs> there were people who were way better than me. But um, I spoke about the, the things that were happening at the time. Okay. You know, who was right. hooking up with who. And, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, More like a news outlet yeah. than a poet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I kind of lost all interest in theatre because um, I don't know what happened. I just kind of went travelling and then came back and then realized that I wanted to explore music and kind of met a few people when I was sort of, um, I guess started like working with DJs in clubs and stuff like that. So a lot of like house and electronic and techno kind of thing, um, singing, they would just basically give me all of their tracks that they like to play. And then I would just write stuff over the top of it. Cool. Yeah, so I did a lot of gigs like that, a lot, lot of really fun stuff, um, working with different people. I recorded some things um, with different producers um, and had like a little band for a while. We never played but we just wrote a lot of stuff and recorded things and it was, yeah, that was that was amazing and I guess that was probably the first taste of like being in a band mm. even though we didn't really gig but um, – it was a really informative period where I was working with like a few people who were older than me and mm. and it gave me that um, – the insight into what it's like to work and collaborate and I think I ultimately was disappointed with the outcome mm. but that was because I wasn't able to express myself, you know, like I didn't know enough then yeah. as a young like – singer I didn't really know how to like I couldn't read music I couldn't really play Mm. anything at that point it was mostly just ideas melody ideas in my head Mm. um and you know that's just so hard for anyone else to to grab and go with and they and the the people that I was working with are amazing and Mm. um they tried their best (laughs) but as I mean it's not their fault no of course not yeah it's incredibly frustrating yeah yeah and I think, like, as as a singer, for mostly, like, who, you know, I sort of dabbled in, I played guitar and piano, but I didn't really master, I didn't have it mastered by then, that it was always just a sense of frustration. Like, I could hear all of the music in my head and the song in my head, but I just couldn't, couldn't get it out. Yep. So I think since then, it's just been um, trying to be able to get it out. Yep. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. And I feel like that a lot of singers stories yeah I think so yeah because I guess when your instrument is in your body yeah it's hard to kind of let it out yeah or find a way to get it out I guess as opposed to like if you were a guitarist then you could just play your melody anytime yeah and then accompany yourself as well yeah anyway cool Mm. yeah so how did you how did you start singing at clubs also I just I can't really picture you singing at clubs. Like it's just such a funny concept. Like you singing it would be at like house 3 music. Yeah. I like I love that. Because I used to be I used to be a massive club rat yeah. back in the day. Like I would have been dancing like crazy. Like this bitch is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there were lots of gacked people just like <laughs> loving it. Yes. And we'd be up, I'd be in the booth with the DJ. Mm. And um and yeah, it was it was really funny. At one one time, my parents came because they were really worried. <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> so they, they came were really supportive. No, they came yeah. to this club, and it was literally like we, I was singing at probably like one a.m. or yeah. three a.m. or something. And they 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 and I so didn't want them to come, but they came and like they were the oldest people there. Clearly, like I remember looking out and seeing their like oh my, my dad's gray hair like yeah. flickering in the, yeah. <laughs> in the club lights. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we don't get it. And it was probably terrible, but um, <laughs> it was just like, yeah. I don't know. I think it was just um, that was where I was at. I, I liked going out and there was just like my friends that I had uh, just in that in the DJ scene. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they were really great DJs. Mm. Um, 
So I don't know. It's just, and I fell in, I fell in with this um, older like singing teacher who also sang at clubs and she kind of took me under her wing. And mm. so I ended up like doing a lot of gigs with her mm-hmm. and um, just going into it from there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've come a long way from there. Yeah. Musical tastes has probably changed considerably. Definitely changed, but uh, <laughs> coming back around. <laughs> yeah. Still love a banger. Yeah. yeah. So now you actually work as a DJ. Yeah. 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 Like you DJ yourself. So now I you do can play actually like records. judge. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm definitely not as anywhere as near as good as them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Tell me about the music that you're interested in now because that's a huge change. Yeah. Um, I guess, um, my, yeah, the music taste has broadened significantly since just growing up and moving mm. to Melbourne and um, getting involved in community radio and predominantly li- listening to community radio, mm. so being exposed to a lot of music yeah. through just listening to yeah. the shows and, um, and, yeah, doing a show myself which was mostly um, South American music um, and I guess that that stemmed from a love for I think like um, sort of older like funk and soul mm. that kind of ended up some of that Latin soul as well that came through. I just found it so uh, – it just made me feel really good. Yeah. And so I think the idea from the show just came because I had some of those records and I, um, I just – I think I just really loved the rhythms. Yeah, I mean the, that music is all about the rhythms. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, drums, just yeah. quite into quite into drums. <laughs> um, and I think it's just, yeah, just being exposed to a lot of different um, genres and friends who are into different things. Mm. Um, but but my love for um, pop music yeah. is has always been yeah. there and I think that's just – that's matured and yeah. so now looking – you know, pop, mu- pop music is everywhere. It's not just like mm. on, you know, the Fox. Yeah, of <laughs> it's, course. It's, yeah. it's still everywhere. Absolutely. And I think people get quite scared of the, the word pop and, the you know, um, things come to mind. But, of course, that's not the case Yeah. with um, a lot of incredible music, mm. um, obviously rooted in, in popular sensibilities. Absolutely. Um, so I think it's like exploring the spectrum of pop music and bringing in like my love for like soul and mm. voices and now like production and yes. different sounds like that and um, electronic um, elements as mm, well. Definitely. Yeah, I guess like pop music is becoming naturally diverse now anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say like in terms of pop music, I do remember like years ago, I think it was like a second year recital you did. The, oh, no, actually maybe it was – um for that other subject that we had with Ben and Simon. But you did um, – do, you know, do you know that subject? I can't even remember what it was called. Yeah, where it was where we were exploring like loop pedals and stuff. Yeah, or? that one. Like we yeah. had to get up in front of people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you did The Water by Feist. Yes. And that was like one of my favourite performances yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah, Feist. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, yeah, like uh, um, I guess – just, just yeah. As you mature and you grow, just finding um, artists who are eloquent and mm. um, who are, who write beautiful melodies. And um, melody for me is it will never it will never go away. Mm. That I look for a melody mm. and yeah. something that I like to sing myself. Obviously, yeah. Like to repeat back to myself. Yep. Um, and that can be instrumental or vocal or True. anything really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for. For a melody. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's cool. And I can see why you would like pop music for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a massive pop fan, so I'm yeah. like loving this right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yep. And also it's really cool. Like I've been actually forcing myself to listen to, listen to like top 40 American stuff right now. Okay. Just because I'm like, it sounds like shit, but I'm just going to make it happen. Yeah. Like, there's got to be something yeah. good in here. Of course. And there is. You can't help it. You get out, you, especially like if you're in an Uber. Yeah. A lot of the time, sometimes I can't be bothered like asking them to change the channel. <laughs> yeah. So I just listen and there's, yeah, you get out and you're like still humming that that song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, hours later. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole a thing. tangent. It is a whole tangent. Yeah. Um, okay. So in terms of your process, I guess, or not even your process, your approach to music currently, you're in Cool Explosions. What else are you doing? 
Um, well, as you know, last year we did honours yes, at VCA, did. which yes. was in interactive composition. So I spent a year trying to learn, um, teach myself how to produce and make uh, my own tracks, mm. um, which was incredible and I loved it so much. Yep. So um, I now that I listen back to them, I obviously hate them all. Yes. And <laughs> ditto, ditto. I don't, yeah. I don't hate them, but um, I, yeah, I know I can do better. So I want to rework them myself. Yeah. I, and I, and I think as coming back to that, um, as a singer and feeling like dependent on other people to help you with the music side, mm. um, being doing that course last year just made me feel like I can do this and I can everything that I hear in my head I can actually recreate it absolutely you know and I think that for me is still like I will still always be searching for that and to be Mm -hmm. able to do that completely on my own is something that I wanted that I want to do that's really cool yeah yeah um and then working with some other friends Mm. um I've got I've got another friend who we kind of make like alternative pop uh like folk pop cool and then other friends as well who um, mm. I'm basically – they've produced a whole bunch of stuff and I'm, again, doing that thing I do, which is just <laughs> writing yeah. um, over the top yes. of that. So lots of lots of projects. Cool. Okay. In all different kind of formats of collaboration. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we briefly touched on you being a radio presenter. Yeah. Yeah. So you had – is it Tropicalia or Tropicalia? Tropicalia. Tropicalia. So that was all last year. Like Yeah. What are a year shoots? and a half. Yeah, a year and a We're half. Doing graveyard. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Graveyard. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And I remember tuning. Like I could never stay up late enough to get through it all. Fair enough. But like I remember tuning in. Like, and it was always a party. It sounded like a party. <laughs> yeah. 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 I yeah I agree. Um, that's still the approach that I have now for the other show that I do. Yeah. Um, I I think oh not all not all the way through, but yeah, mm. I I guess I like, I do like music that makes me feel happier yeah for sure um but not not all the time Mm. um and I like I'm an energetic person so for sure a lot of the time the music does tend to also be that way absolutely for sure so talk to me about the show like what's your like Tropicalia was about sort of Latin American music Mm. and like very like rhythm based and Mm -hmm. like a party vibe Mm. so what's the current show about um, Headhunters um, incorporates other genres now. Mm-hmm. So we've broken out of that <laughs> niche market. Yeah. And it also incorporates uh, electronica, mm-hmm. um, alternative pop, mm. um, uh, new soul, neo soul, mm-hmm. R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my, I mean, a lot of other, a lot of other things that I just kind of, basically it's just whatever I find that I like. Yeah. But broadly speaking, it's those other genres. That's super cool. Yeah. And it's cool that it's your taste and you can be like you can have it be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. 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 But I, I but I mean, I just I do have um, a love for those unusual. Well, I mean, for us, it sort of seems un, un more unusual or yeah. like that. I can't help but like love that. Um, the global mm. sounds that you find yeah. in. South America, you know, the Caribbean, um, yeah. I mean, everywhere, you know, America, mm. um, just anything really yeah. that has alternative to what, to what we're used to, alternative yeah. instruments and yeah. um, rhythms and sounds and mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to mental health. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your experience with mental health. Uh, um, well, my, I guess my first experience, um, is, came from my, my mum who is actually a bipolar sufferer. Um, she had her first, um, manic episode when I was about 13. Whoa. Um, and, um, it was, yeah, it was massive. Like we, mum and our family was very, very close. My mum and dad, are still together. They've been together for like 45 years, mm. incredibly solid, um, um, couple. Yeah. And it was just a very sudden thing. And she, yeah, she, um, she left, she left my father and left the family and she was very unwell. Whoa. And, um, 
yeah, my my dad and his side of the family, we kind of held an intervention because we knew something was wrong. I mean, I, I didn't really know what was going on. I just thought it was all just so strange. Mm. But, um, yeah, then it became clear that um, she'd had a manic episode and so she had to go into a clinic and she became – she got better. Yeah, cool. You know, and, okay. um, and I think for a lot of people it makes me, you know, I mean so many people have bipolar, so many people have – different forms of it Mm. um, and so many families have been broken by it Mm. um, because it's so sensitive, you know. It's someone's behaviour. So, you know, like this person is still them but Mm. they're not acting the same way. So it can just be interpreted so, you know, incorrectly, Mm. you know, like, oh, they've changed or, oh, they're so hard. This is so hard, you know, they don't listen or Mm. they're acting this way or that way when it's just like, well, actually, they're not well. Yeah. Um, And this, the wellness can present in many, many different levels. Yes. Um, So I think um, if it wasn't for my mum's family and my dad and my sister um, who fought for her, especially my dad who just said, this isn't right, Mm. um, you know, we love her. Mm. And so we just made sure that she got better. You know, some people, they get lost, Yeah, you know, absolutely. and it's, and you, it breaks my heart and it makes me really sad that this happens to people, but you also can't blame the families, I guess, because it's so, it's so hard to try and change someone to try absolutely. and, especially, you know, these people might not want to get better or they can't see it or they don't get the right help. They can't yeah. stay on their medication. Yeah. Um, but my mum um, was luckily able to get well and um, she acknowledged that she was unwell. Yeah, and that did take her a long time. Mm. It did take her a long time to um, to actually acknowledge that she had bipolar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So she'd never been diagnosed or never experienced any manic episodes before that? No, but she would always say that she... F- when she looks reflects on her life, she always thought that she felt mm-hmm. like she was, but she wouldn't have known, you know, no one knew mm-hmm. what it was then. But she's of like, course. I feel like when I think about the way I acted when I was younger, there was tendencies there for mm-hmm. that, you I know. See. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So she went to this clinic mm. and, I mean, basically they would have put her on medication, like I'm guessing mood stabilizers. Yeah. Yeah, and she Lithium. received. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know the other one. And um, she received therapy, obviously. She did, but the also something else strange is that when she got out of the clinic and she eventually became well, she didn't actually go and see a um, psychiatrist, yeah, or a therapist. She didn't see one regularly for a very long time afterwards. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's really interesting. Mm. Was she still on medication? Yes. Okay. I know. It seems <laughs> crazy, but she didn't she didn't have regular therapy sessions. I feel like that was still maybe a bit taboo. Yeah, then. could be. Yeah, like even now I feel like there's still a stigma, but it's Yeah. It's being removed gradually. Well, I think it's just like, oh, you know, you're well now and yeah. Mm. You're better, so you don't need therapy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So So okay. she she continued to have um manic episodes mm-hmm. and you know, it, um, intermittently right. come come and go. Mm-hmm. There was long periods where there, she was fine and then it would be like something traumatic that would trigger something else, mm. which is now we're more aware of of like looking out for those, those periods. Mm-hmm. That's really like amazing mm. that you guys are so sensitive about it. Yes. And supportive. Yes. Because, I mean, the problem with mental illnesses like bipolar is that it can make people do really crazy things that they would never otherwise do. Yeah. And it's hard to kind of separate, yeah, as you said, the behaviour from the person themselves. Yeah. Um, And it's really commendable that your family and everyone around your mum has kind of been supportive throughout her episodes, I guess. Yeah, of course. Because, like, yeah, people would be abandoned. Well, you just know who they are, you know. You know them so well that, you know, yeah. I think what's also really hard for my mum is that, we're so aware of it that if she's maybe having a bit of an off day or mm. an off time, we can be like, oh, there's something wrong. And, you know, that would be so hard for someone to always have someone going, are you sure you're okay? Like mm. you're being a bit like this or you're being a bit like that. But we kind of have to be. Yeah. And it's always because we 
love her absolutely yeah unconditionally so mm. but it would be very hard and she deals with it so amazingly well that's really cool so what about your dad like how does he cope with all this stuff um he is amazing and he gets dealt the worst card mm. <laughs> um because usually um with people who suffer from bipolar they push the closest person away because they're the person that reflects the truth yeah. And they don't want that at the time, you know. Yes. They want to just be free. They want to be told that they're right, you know, and it would it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because, um, yeah, so he, um, yeah, he, he, it's hard. It's, it's, it's probably the hardest for him. Mm. It's always the hardest. Yeah. But that's why we, he has us and he has, you know, a small group of friends that know the situation. But I think for a man it's still hard, you mm. know, like I don't know. It's still hard, mm-hmm. harder for him, I think, to maybe reach out and call people. Mm. He still does, but I think, I don't know if he, if he'll listen to me, he <laughs> might agree with me, but yeah. I think it's always a bit harder for men. Mm. Well, yeah. Some men. It's some men, yeah. 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 And um, is he in counselling or has he ever been in counselling? Yeah, he has. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He, he's been with my mum before and it's not something that he does regularly, mm-hmm. but he does do it. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. But mum continues to, so. Okay. So what about your mental health specifically? Like I'm guessing you and your sister don't have like bipolar or any kind of mood Um, disorders? No, I think like my sister's dealt with anxiety and depression her um, for a lot of her life Mm. and she deals with that well. She sees someone Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't. (laughs) But I think, like, I know that, like, my mum would al- would always, like, check up on me and be like, you know, <laughs> you go- she would worry that, you know, because it's a high percentage that one of us will yeah. potentially get it. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe she probably looks at the way that I deal with my life a lot and, like, I'm always busy I'm and like doing a million things. Yeah. <laughs> dealing, like, doing a lot of things mm-hmm. and never, like, resting um, she probably is like, you've got to make sure you look after yourself and mm. relax and do something nice and take time and, you know, don't push yourself so much. Mm-hmm. I think she probably sees a similar, similarity in us in yes. that way. Yeah. Does she do that? Does she push herself too hard? Oh, she did. Yeah. yeah. When, I mean, you know, her and my dad had like ran a very successful business. So they were mm. like, oh, and she was a mum, and she was like, she was just the queen of multitasking and mm. like just perfect everything she looked perfect and how you know she just did it all so I think she probably looks at that and just she's trying to get me to she wants me to be um responsible for my mental health Mm. like now Mm -hmm. and it's true okay cool um is she a bit of a perfectionist yes yeah totally Mm -hmm. okay sorry I'm just doing like the Enneagram in my head again like oh yeah type one like she wants to be good and do good oh yeah definitely definitely um, anyway, um, okay. So that's cool. I'm glad that neither of you have bipolar or any kind of disorders like that. And I just wonder if maybe... You never know. You never know, but I guess it's good that you're on top of your mental health. So that way you can prevent, like, I don't know, any underlying problems progressing. Yeah, I don't say I'm, I'm not particularly on top of it. I okay, mean, <laughs> all right. Outwardly, you appear to be on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't see a therapist mm-hmm. um i probably could and should yeah i think everyone should yeah like definitely. um i know that like i don't rest enough sometimes mm. to like oh, i don't know and um, yet you seem so energetic yeah i don't know it's just <laughs> ins- right. i don't know just yeah mm. people's energy levels are mm. y- unique to them true that is true yeah yeah um, so I don't know. I think like trying, I'm trying to do more yoga mm-hmm. and be mind, like do mind meditation and mindfulness. I find I can't slow my mind mm. down. That's very difficult. I right. find meditation to be like really confronting. Yes. yes. Something that I want. And that's like something that I'm really trying to do. That's cool. More of. Mm. I mean, that will definitely help. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it helps everyone and yeah. it helps your brain just repair itself. Yeah. But it is very challenging if you have a busy mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So, okay. So when you have issues, do you deal with them or are you someone who kind of represses things and just kind of like carries on with your life? No, I like to talk about it. I have to talk about it. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To like friends and loved ones and stuff. Yep. Yep. Definitely. But not a therapist. Um, I would happily talk to a therapist. I've seen one a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I happily talk about it. Um, I find that like I, oh, I know that um, being around people makes me feel better. Right. Um, and I think like I used to, I worry, worrying is a thing I do. Mm. And I always used to do it when I was younger and I used, and then, but my, my, my mom and my dad were really good at sort of just being like, just talk to us about it. And you realize that once you talk about it and you're like, oh, it's just really not as bad (laughs) at all. So I, um, I wear my heart on my sleeve. If I'm like going through something bad, I'll, I won't be able to hide it. That's actually really healthy. Yeah. I won't be able to hide it and I'll mm-hmm. want to talk to, talk to people about it. <laughs> cool. I mean, I've definitely noticed that with you, but I just wonder like if that's big issues or small issues, you know? Yeah. There's probably, there's, yeah, there's probably a few things that like I would find hard to bring up, like mm-hmm. real, real. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, it's definitely the way to get over it. For sure. Mm. But, yeah, I was going to say this at the beginning, but in terms of people I know, you seem to have your shit together on the surface more than anyone else I know. What do you mean by shit together? (laughs) I guess just like um, it's really funny. I think you project this like I'm trying to think of a way to phrase it. You project this appearance that you're ambitious, you're intelligent, and I should stop slapping my hands. Ambitious, intelligent, oh, and wow, goal-oriented, but in this way where you're just like getting shit done and not like, I mean, okay, in any arts field, there's people who project the that facade of having their shit together and actually doing nothing and it's just all talk. Mm. It seems like you're doing the work. I mean, even years ago, we went to uni like Box Hill together. Mm. You were like volunteering at PBS. Like that's very... Um, forward thinking. Oh. Yeah. Considering now you have a show. Yeah. It's yeah. It's been four years. <laughs> really? Four years is ages. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like you're just kind of doing, even if it's just small steps, you're, you always seem like you're working towards something mm. and I rarely see you kind of get bogged down. Mm. Yeah. I've, I think like, um, I, if I'm not doing something, I, mm. I actually get depressed. Uh, totally. Yeah, so I prefer to be doing things um, and at least like trying to get ahead somehow in whatever way that might possibly be. But the weird thing about that is that like especially like with music stuff, before I begin I'll I'll already be critiquing, (laughs) you know, or being like, (laughs) oh, will I be good enough that like to do that? Mm. And, And that can be like a really difficult thing to get over. But then again, I need it like once I am doing it, and I'm creating and whatever, mm. you feel elated. Absolutely. But yeah. the process of getting there is actually quite hard, I find. I don't know if anyone else, I'm sure people feel that way as well sometimes. I think a lot of people The feel starting that way. of it and just being like, uh, am I really done? <laughs> is it going to be? I think self doubt is something that plagues a lot of artists. Yeah. Or just people in general, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Um, I, that's why, and I think that's why I struggle to like rest because um, I'll feel guilty. Yeah. Yeah. You should be doing something. You should yeah. be productive. Yeah. And then once I've done yeah. something, then I can then I can party. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Rewards for sure. I like rewards. Yes. Like a dog. Like treat based system. Treat based. Yeah. I, yeah. I, my day is made up with treat based. Yeah. Rewards. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah. I always let myself have a little reward. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, do you think you like productivity is tied to your self-esteem? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like not just as in your mood, mm. like, oh, I haven't done anything today. Like that's shit. But mm. like, do you feel like you're worth more when you, when you're doing things? Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. And yes, I feel if, lost. You feel lost when you haven't really done anything. Yeah. You, yeah. You feel like, who am I? Definitely. Yeah. Um, And I guess do you find that to be something positive that kind of 
drives you forward or something negative that holds you back? Uh, I think it can be a double-edged sword. Mm. Yeah. So how do you approach that in terms of actually getting shit done? Because as I said, you're someone who seems like you're getting shit done all the Mm. time. I think um, a lot of it is pushing through um, the hard the hard parts mm-hmm. and just being like, I'm just going to do it. Yep. You know, a lot of the times, a lot of the stuff that's happened at PBS, like I was too scared to get a show but I just did it. <laughs> that's awesome. And just, you know, um, there's been so many times where I've been petrified here, like first interview doing filling in for breakfast, um, mm. same thing with music, you know, just being like, I don't know if I can do it, but then just like just swallowing and just doing it. That's really And then, cool. yeah, you get to the other side and you're like, oh, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> but it is yeah. hard and I think a lot of people struggle with that, like um, just pushing through and I think it's just personality, mm. you know, it's just like just personalities. Mm, I guess so, you know? hey. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, is it something that I enjoy? No, I worry. Worry anxiety yeah but like um there's also like a little bit of a level of like thrill (laughs) in there as well Mm. um yeah Mm -hmm. I think that's a common thing it's just like I think now thinking about it of just being like oh I don't know I'm just but I'm just gonna do it that's really cool and brave and also you just don't know what's gonna happen even if it's you know, you're like, oh, God, I, this is so stressful. I don't think I want to do this. But then once you've done it, you're like, oh, no, actually, I love that. <laughs> That's so weird. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's always been that. It's always been a level of, you know, and like as you, as you would know as well being a musician, like putting on a show and, you know, like that whole thing of like are people going to come and mm. it's so an- anxious, anxiety-inducing. Yeah. Um, making music and putting it out there and do people going to like it and, you know, but if we didn't have that in our life, then what would all the other times be like, you know, Mm -hmm. like you get a lot from it and like a lot of it is hard and a lot of it is painful. Yeah. And, um, but you just like, you just move on and try and forget about it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Mm. But it's interesting, kind of like, I'm trying to think of that analogy where it's like courage is not... The absence of fear, but it's so. I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, it's like yeah. kind of pushing through the fear and doing it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's totally fear. Yeah, heaps of fear. That's cool. but I think the more Good you do it, you get you just get better at it. Mm. You totally get better at it, and you get to master it a bit more. Yep. And is that how you feel about confidence in general? Um, yeah. <laughs> As in confidence like, in general. Yeah, that just comes. I don't know. That just comes and goes. Yeah. On any given day. Of course. But, I mean, like, having known you for, like, is it five or six years now? Yeah, I feel like you're pretty confident most of the time. Outwardly. Yeah. I don't know how you feel yeah, internally. Yeah, 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 Outwardly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so. I think, um, yeah, there's a, level of, there's a level of confidence of just maybe just feeling maybe comfortable. Mm. But then there's, there's heaps of times where I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing. It's that... You know, some people say that they find it really difficult just to go out and socialise, mm. go walk into a bar, you know, and like sometimes it can be like that but I think it's the the pushing through the part of it and getting to the end Yeah. where some people don't even want to push through. That's right. And that's fair enough. Yeah. But some people just do. Yes. Have you dealt with depression at all? Um, I've only had a few little bouts of it and mm. it's usually um, been when – several things have been going wrong all at once. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that, no, I don't really get depressed. It would be an- anxious. Anxious, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people tend to be more one than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, no. I mean, I've definitely, yeah, it's definitely, I've definitely had little bits of it, mm. um, not heaps of it. But That's good. Yeah, definitely um, just feeling like I can't, I don't want to leave my bedroom mm. but that does it's not much but I can only imagine how difficult it would be if it was really pronounced yes and it happened all the time so I'm lucky mm. but um worrying like not sleeping and mm. not sleeping and um not eating and 
having really intense moments of anxiety. Oh, yeah. Mm. Had that. Yes. Um, not heaps, but more than being depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you say feeling anxiety, like panic attacks or just being really anxious? Not panic attacks, just, yeah, like heart racing, can't like processing the same thought around mm. and around, spiraling kind of out of control. And then, yeah, just finding it hard to talk sense into myself, let my mind rest. Mm. Mind won't rest. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, well, yeah. when I was, so I had this bout of anxiety just recently and I, was trying to work out how to just make my mind rest and something that was really incredible was music. Mm. <laughs> like just um, playing music. Mm-hmm. So I tried to like work on a song and that was like it It, it almost cured me mm. immediately. Wow. Um, and listening to music. Mm-hmm. So putting on anything, you know, um, what was I can't even remember what it was that I was listening to. Um, I can't remember. Mm. It wasn't anything. I know people have particular things that really help them process emotions, um, and I f- would encourage anyone to like really go there mm. with it. But yep. for my for me to slow my mind down for this an- anxious period, it was yeah playing music, listening to music um, that got me through. Like it literally got me to sleep. Because I wasn't sleeping. Wow. I was really struggling to sleep. That's terrible. And it was even like lying in bed at like I don't even know what time it would have been. Maybe it was like 3 or 4 a.m. And like thinking of a song and thinking of the song and singing it let me um, relax my mind. Wow. So I was like, wow, okay, this is incredible. Mm. Um, and it was And it was talking to people, talking. That's really good. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. My friend also gave me this really lovely tip and she was like, go into the shower and think of the shower, all the water coming out of the shower being like this really special water and let it like run over you and think about it like cleaning off all of your worries Mm. and it all just going down the drain Mm. and just letting it like flow over you mm, like a visualization yeah technique. visualization i did that it was also really good also showers rule <laughs> yeah they do <laughs> they definitely do yeah. like you always feel like a better person once you've had a shower it's true it's really true <laughs> yeah yeah mm. maybe it's a beer shower oh yeah i've never done that or but like I've heard maybe good. it's a wine shower or oh yeah a cocktail of course shower whatever you feel like at the time really <laughs> no judgment here and um yeah singing i had a rehearsal when i was feeling pretty bad and mm. i felt hundred times better afterwards. That's so cool. Yeah. Just yeah. really just working hard at the rehearsal. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I felt yeah, working, a million bucks. Of course. Uh, yeah. 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 Getting shit done. Getting yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that you said that you only have or you've only had occasional depressive episodes mm. because the last time I saw you earlier this year or like mm, mm. it was a time. Yeah. I saw you, you were depressed. Yes. And I remember asking you like how you were and you're like, I just don't think I'll be happy like ever again. Yeah. 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 Or you were like, what is happiness? Yeah. 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 And it was really funny and out of character. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think that's, um, that did, that was happening at the beginning of the year. Mm. Um, from a broken heart <laughs> and, um, yeah, that it was, it was bad. Mm. It was really bad. And Yeah. I think definitely come come a long way since then, but it did it did feel like um, like I was like, how does this work? Like how to how I actually couldn't see a clear way forward, and I was like, wow, that's that's horrible, mm. you know. Um, but I just kept doing the things that I liked and talking to people about it. Yeah, yeah, mm. and it just got easier. It's still hard. I still. I cried today about oh, it. Did you? Yeah, so I just was listening to this really beautiful um, spoken word, like just this this story. This this guy, I think it was on it was on a podcast, mm-hmm. and it just spoke to me. Um, and I just cried in the kitchen. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I guess this is a strange thing to say, I guess, but I feel like you have a real can-do attitude. <laughs> Thanks, Sunny Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like even 
when you were down oh well I mean actually when I saw you that was pretty bleak but uh, you pulled yourself out of it mm. you just kind of kept on trucking yep yep yeah. Yeah. but isn't that cruel like that's just the world mm. you know you can't you don't have any other choice yes no choice yeah you can just keep going or stop yeah 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 I mean some people yeah it, I think it's like putting some systems in place Mm. That will make you do things. Yes. You know? And you have those already established. Yeah. Yeah. I like having a routine, mm. you know. Um, having a routine, having something to do, music is a huge, huge release. Mm. Um, and, yeah, having something where you have to show up, you have to be responsible for yeah. something, push you, pushes you yes. out of your comfort zone. But then also, like, sometimes you do need time to just heal and that could just yeah. be sleeping. Sleeping you know, is so important. It's so important. Yeah, really underrated. Um, exercise is also incredible. Yes. Um, I always find that if I haven't done it for a little while and then I do it again, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Endorphins. True. Yeah. Are you really fit right now? No, not particularly. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, um, definitely moving, getting mm. hard up. It's in, it is amazing what it does. Definitely. Yep. I feel like even just walking places is like pretty yep. important. Yeah. Yeah, just not being static. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give context for this ideogram thingo? Uh, yeah, sure I will. Yeah. Here I'll have I'll give you some context now. You don't have to. <laughs> I'll give the it's listeners. It's your thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, so basically it's to do with your core values mm. and because I'm a massive nerd, I'm a type 5 mm. because we value knowledge. Mm. But I also have a bit of three in me, as like as I mentioned, like basically all musicians I know, all artists I know, all all artists who are working at something. Yeah. Because you could be in your bedroom doing nothing and that's more of a type one thing. Okay. Or a type four actually. Mm-hmm. So people who are real emo and just would rather cry in their bedrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that though. No. <laughs> no. Yes. Done it. So type threes, their basic fear is being worthless and their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So they can be really like high achieving people, people who want to project that sense of achievement. Although I don't feel like I don't get that vibe from you that you're trying to project it. I just think it comes sort of naturally. Like oh. you're always working at something and you just talk about the stuff that you're working on. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I guess the feeling of being completely worthless would be the worst. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to worry about that. That's nice. You're fine. Thanks, mate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, I mean, on the unhealthy spectrum, because there's, like, a healthy spectrum and unhealthy. Yeah. So healthy threes are people, I like, I think you're a fairly healthy three. Like, you sort of keep a sense of perspective. You're always working towards things. But at the same time, I mean, as you said, you talk about your issues. Yeah. Like, that's really important not to just, like, pretend it's not happening or bottle mm. it up. Yeah. But unhealthy threes are people who will lie and just kind of keep up the facade, I guess. Oh. Mm. Yeah. No, that would be that would be very tiring. Yes, it would. Yeah, I think I think definitely there's a lot of that around. Yeah. You know, I think even just, you know, when you're going out to a gig or something and you see people and you're like, oh, they're gonna ask what I'm doing, you know? Mm. And maybe you don't feel so great about what you're doing, you yeah. know, right now. And there's a lot of people who don't feel that way and they're like oh going to gigs or whatever is a chance for me to see my friends and I'm like yeah that too yeah I think maybe that's a pressure that I put on myself as well that like mm. you know they're gonna want to talk shop yes yeah which is a lot of the time can be really great and then I guess that sometimes it just it feels like makes you feel inadequate yes absolutely and it's funny that you yeah. feel those internal pressures yeah because like oftentimes people just go to gigs and they just get drunk and have a good yeah, time yeah totally yeah i don't know yeah that's obviously a thing yeah of something of mine yes yeah but it's different yeah it's not always like that but it's definitely <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah it's interesting i feel like that's a pretty good point to end on cool yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that, like, even though you're someone who's constantly doing and working, you're still a bit introspective and very aware of your emotions. Yeah. that's I, I guess that speaks to your, like, emotional intelligence. Yeah, I'm really into emotions. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I say deadpan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're into emotions. And also I feel like you're really good at reading people. That's cool. Yeah, like you're good at picking up on people's emotional intelligence, if that makes sense. 
Well, that's how we. That's how we all our us emotionally intelligent people speak mm. to each other. Yes, we can vibe, vibe, vibe. People, we want to have a conversation. Mm. <laughs> it's interesting. Anyway, yeah. thank you so much this for has being been on. nice. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being so open thank about you. a lot of things. It's much appreciated, and I really hope it helps some people. Yeah, me too. And um, thanks for letting me use this studio. I'm sure this will be like the fanciest sounding one so far. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> best so far, best in <laughs> yeah. everything. She's so good. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.